one day I decided to ask myself, could I break five minutes in the mile? At age 30, could I return to the sport of track and go after my unmet goal of breaking five minutes? Was my body capable of this? Was my mind capable of this? And most importantly, was my spirit capable of pushing through the ups and downs to find the answer? You are listening to Breaking Five, a running podcast, where we search for this answer as well as yours for achieving your Breaking Five moment, whatever that may be for you. We will gain inspiration and knowledge from others who have achieved their Breaking Five moment, those working towards theirs, as well as those who have helped the athletes along the way. I'm your host, Kristen Schultz, physical therapist, runner, and running coach. Let's run full force towards our wildest dreams and take a listen to today's episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. Super excited to talk with Summer Harper Allen today. Summer is going to share her very inspiring story of how she plays seventh in nationals and D1 nationals cross country, which just happened a month ago, which is still crazy to me in March. But anyway, she's going to share that finish, but really more so about her obstacles she had to overcome to get there. Summer and I know each other, man, I don't know how many years ago it was now, but when I was in grad school, I worked at a running store, Runner's Corner in Utah and Summer was still in high school at the time and now here she is doing big things. She's a mom, she's a wife. I don't know. It's just so cool. I mean, I feel like I, (laughs) you probably hear this all the time, but it's just like when you, you see people like grow up, but I'm like, I still feel young myself. It's just, anyways, I'm excited to talk with you because I don't think we've talked since really since I've been in Utah, but thank you for coming on today. And if you don't mind, if you could go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about you. And let's just start with how you got into running. Let's start from the beginning. Okay. Yeah. So uh, my family, they're all pretty big into <laughs> running. <laughs> We, yeah, so my family, we just kind of grew up running. We would go on vacations and my parents would be like, oh, like there's a, you know, there's this like mountain on the island. Let's go run to the top of it. Or um, we would just basically go run to like the highest point on whatever island we were on. Or if we were just like camping, we would go run to like the peak that was close to our campground. So it was just kind of like this family activity that we would do. And I, it was never something that was like, there was a ton of pressure attached to it was more just kind of fun until I got into high school, but I did do USATF cross country from the time I was about like six or seven years old, but it was only for like two months out of the year. It started in like September and went through like October or November. Well, did it start in September? It might've been later. Oh yeah. So it starts after like state cross country of Utah. So it's like end of October to like middle of December. So it was just like two months of running. And so I'd like train like a little bit during those two months, but it was never something that was like huge. I didn't go running and train like every day when I was like six years old. I'm like glad my parents kept it like pretty low key and like relaxed and kept it fun rather than like being like, okay, you have to go run up this mountain or, you know, so they like never made us kids run, but I'm the youngest of four and all three of my siblings, they all ran in high school and then they proceeded to run in college as well. And I was also a soccer player. And so if you played any other sports, I couldn't remember. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just did soccer for like five years and I thought it was fun, but I eventually just chose to focus on running partially because just, I think I was, I had more potential in running, but also because I liked the atmosphere better, just the people, not to say that soccer is bad or anything, but runners tend to be more friendly with their competition. Whereas soccer, it's less (laughs) friendly (laughs) and it's also more of an individual sport, which it's individual and team, but you kind of determine more of your outcomes with running, which is super awesome. So yeah. I know that uh, kind of drew me to like, yeah, just the, the atmosphere and um, yeah, it's nice that it's individual and team. So definitely. Right. Can relate. What, what, what is it like being from a family that all runs? I think, and that's like, I mean, you guys are known for running. Like, obviously if anyone doesn't know you, like they're a very well-known family for running in the, in the Utah area um, really throughout, but um, did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy being like the running family and, and all that? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, growing up, like 
people would be like, oh, your dad's Hawk. Like yeah. they knew who he was and they knew who my mom was a lot of times. Like if, if it was the running community, people knew who we were outside of that. I wouldn't say people really know us, but yeah. So it's like always been kind of like part of like our identity in a way, yeah. um, which if it's your only identity, that can always be kind of dangerous in some ways, but it's always been an identity that has like helped me to build confidence and even translate over to like other areas of my life. And so like, I've really appreciated like just running in general and the running community and how, I don't know, it's just a really awesome thing. It's like a whole nother family. So yeah. And it's, I was just going to say like my parents, like, because they never forced us because it was my choice. Running has always been enjoyable to me, but I know that it's not always that way with some people. And I've definitely had moments where like, I didn't love running. Like even some days, like I get out to go run and it's like, oh man, like you're either sore or you're just tired or not super motivated that day, but you just get out and do it anyways. And like, you get halfway through the run and then it's like, it ends up being a great run, you know? So anyways, it's, it's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love, I love that too. And just making that point again, on like, it's not your only identity. And yeah, I think, you know, as runners, and especially once, you know, injuries can happen, like that's your only identity that where it becomes problematic. Right. Which I've um, experienced a little bit of, but yeah. no, I mean, like, <laughs> I'm I, can, like I can talk on it even, even here I am, I'm coming off an injury now. And it's like, even I've learned that lesson. It's still hard. It's not like it doesn't, you're still losing a part of your identity still. Like when it happens, oh, yeah is still hard and you got to face that, but it's always room for growth. So you ran, I mean, you ran in high school, you went on and ran in college. Um, let's just go, you can go briefly over how high school went and then let's get into college. Cause I know that's the real good journey of where you are today. Um, and you know, the accomplishment that you had recently, what was high school running like for you? Was it like a breeze? Did it, you have to work really hard? What, how did high school running, I guess, go for you? Um, yeah, I'd say my ninth grade year. So my freshman year was pretty uh, pretty relaxed. I didn't do a whole lot of mileage. I probably ran, oh gosh, maybe 20 to 25 miles a week, if that. And then I started realizing that I was actually pretty good at running. And that was that year I actually still played soccer, but after that year I decided to just do running. So my 10th grade year, I decided, okay, I'm really going to be committed to this. I'm going to start like increasing my mileage a little bit and at this point, like I had good resources because my whole family ran my parents, uh, my dad was a coach. And so I was able to like draw off of his experiences and kind of gain some knowledge from him. And he helped me to just kind of add in some things into my training that helped me to get even faster. And so after my sophomore year, I actually ended up winning state that year, which was awesome. But then my junior and senior years, I ended up running really well at state competitions and went to a few national competitions in like cross country and one in track, but never did super great at like the national level, but I wanted to take it to college and kind of see what I could do there. I didn't really know what to expect in college, but I did end up getting a scholarship to Weber State. So I'm still at Weber State and it's been like, I, I graduated almost eight years ago. So it's kind of crazy looking back, like I, I was planning That's on, what I was gonna say, yeah. well, and you asked like if high school running was a breeze, I would say my freshman year was a breeze. And then the rest of the time, like I'd say I had fun most of the time. So it kind of was a breeze, but at points I was like, man, like running, like you get to the end of the season and you're, you're just exhausted and like super ready for a break. So like, that's kind of just how it goes sometimes. I think, especially in college, it's like, you're even more ready for a break because you've worked even harder. And I think high school is just a good base to prepare me for college. But coming into college, I was just planning on doing like four years straight. And no, I wasn't going to take any red shirts. I wasn't going to go anywhere. Like I was not planning on going on a mission or doing anything like that. But basically everything that I didn't plan for happened. I'm all the better for it. And it's been super awesome. And I wouldn't have any other way now. But yeah, that was what it was like. So (laughs) Yeah, no, that that's helpful to hear and know like where you were in high school leading into college. So you're, this is, um, so you said it was like almost eight years ago that you graduated high school then? Yeah. Yeah. So I graduated in 2013. Okay. Yeah. So So, yeah. And you technically could still do another indoor season. You still have, right? And cross country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just because of COVID. So like they gave us back the cross country and indoor season. So 
I, to be able to do that, I need to do a master's in the fall, which is currently the plan just because my husband's still running up here at Weber and it's fun and I'm not really in a rush to go anywhere yet. So I might just take advantage of that opportunity again. So yeah, if it's right and it feels good, like, yeah, why not? <laughs> but of course, you'll, I'm sure you'll make that decision when it comes and crazy that's eight years. What? So if you could go ahead and let the listeners know, um, kind of what was your journey in college? I know we've had, you've had a lot of obstacles. So if you want to just walk us through that whole journey, maybe a little bit what your expectations were for college, you already shared a little bit. You thought four years, not going to redshirt and here you are eight years later, but what, yeah, what did that journey look like? How did it start out? And like, what obstacles did you um, come across? Yeah, so I wasn't particularly injury prone in high school. I didn't really have any issues with that. I get like little aches and pains and I take like two days off running and then I'd be back at it and I was totally fine. But college was just a different level. And so I found myself running really, really well my freshman cross country season. And then right after I was sidelined with a knee injury and we couldn't even figure out what it was. They even considered doing surgery. And I was like, no, I just, I didn't want to do that. And in the meantime, like while I was injured, I just felt like this, I guess, prompting. I just really needed to go on a mission. Yeah. And I, at the time did not want to, I just didn't even <laughs> want to. So I just brushed it aside. I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and <laughs> so long story short, I ended up recovering from that injury. It took about two and a half months for me to get back on my feet and start running again. At that point too, I had developed a desire to actually serve a, a mission for the LDS church. It's a anyways. So it was super awesome. I just ended up going on a mission after my freshman year and I was gone for a year and a half. And so I, I just didn't really run that much while I was out. I would go for like maybe a 10 to 15 minute jog in the morning if we had time. And they do encourage you to exercise, but like by the time you get out the door and the schedule was tight, it just, it wasn't like, it wasn't the main focus and it wasn't something that I really got to do. And that was something that I really missed. And so it was, it was during that time that I really realized how much I loved running and wanted to get back at it. Um, and I gained 30 pounds on my mission. So that was rough. And I also kind of destroyed my relationship with food in the process because I was like, panicking about, um, gaining weight and coming back and like not being able to run for university anymore and all of this stuff. And so I came back and I had a bunch of food sensitivities and my relationship with food was kind of thrown off. So that was another challenge because I then had some issues with my, um, I ended up getting a foot injury. And so I, I fractured my second metatarsal and my talus, like just a few months after getting home. Okay. And I think part of that is because of either my food sensitivity or like I wasn't absorbing nutrients correctly, or maybe I wasn't eating enough at the time. So I had to kind of overcome that. And since then I dove into like intuitive eating and repaired my relationship with food. I feel like it's really good now, but it was not. It actually took a couple of years to kind of overcome that. So I came back in the spring of 2016, broke my foot in the fall of 2016 and was coming back from that. I started running again in about January of 2017 and started getting in really good shape again, had a few good races. And then I tore my labrum in my hip. Oh my! So that was like really scary for me because it was just super sharp and I tried to run and I, I just couldn't like, it just hurt way too bad. So that was a really just not fun injury. And it was scary because a lot of times labral tears have to be repaired surgically and it's a really long recovery, but my family's we're, we're pretty religious too. And so like, we believe in like faith and, you know, praying and things like that. And I seriously had like a miraculous recovery from that. And that's awesome. I feel like a lot of that was because of our faith and prayers, but yeah, you're totally open and share all about that. We want to know everything. Like, how okay, <laughs> great. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely like our family, we, we just, we believe in God and we feel like he wants us to be successful and that he wants to bless us. But sometimes we just have to, it's conditional on our asking for it. Right. So, and it does also have to be his will and lucky for me, it, it was at the time. And so he allowed me to see his hand and helping me to heal from that labral tear 
quicker than would have normally been expected. So by like several months and I didn't have to get surgery on it, which was awesome. So I started back running again and started feeling really fit again and had a couple of good races, but not great. I had a really good steeplechase race that allowed me to qualify for regionals. And then I missed qualifying for nationals by just a couple seconds and decided, okay, I'm going to go back and I'm going to, I'm going to qualify for regionals again. And then I'm going to go back to nationals. But like, I just, I had this whole set of goals that I wanted to reach. And so that summer, so rewind, sorry. I actually tore my labrum after that good season when I qualified for regionals. And okay. 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 So <laughs> it's uh, a lot to a keep races again. And then I had this like super weird indoor season and I was engaged at the time. And I just, I think maybe I was staying up too late or <laughs> I don't really know. I'm sure <laughs> you're exciting for like, marriage and <laughs> wedding planning stressful. And we like, I mean, we planned it pretty quick too. And trying to plan that in the middle of the semester with kind of being sleep deprived, it just was like a bad combo. So my running kind of tanked and I decided to redshirt my outdoor track season. And so that was in 2019. So just two years ago. So I redshirted my outdoor track season, got married in June, and then started feeling like super fit again, like right after. And I'm sure a lot of that was because I was sleeping better. I wasn't stressed about the wedding. I don't know. You guys, I I just think you were married. (laughs) Oh yeah. And like, my husband, he's really, really good about like getting to bed on time and he's super dedicated as well. And he helped to enforce those positive lifestyle habits, I guess you could say. Yeah. And so we got back into like a good routine. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like this is my year. Like it was my senior year of cross country that I was going into. I was like this year, I'm, I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to be an all American because that was the goal that I made for myself as a freshman in college when I qualified for nationals, but I didn't do particularly well. I took 156. So not my best race, but, uh, I think I, I had had the goal to qualify for nationals, but I, I didn't really have a goal past that because I just didn't even know if I could qualify. So when I qualified, it was like, wow, sweet. I made it. Like I, I reached my goal. And so by the time I got to nationals, I, just didn't really have a goal past like being there. And so I think that's why I struggled at nationals my freshman year. I might've lost my peak at that point. Didn't really have much motivation. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, like all American would be cool, but what is it? And like, how do I become all American? And at yeah. that point it was kind of too late to set that goal. I wouldn't say it's ever too late really, but I just, my mentality wasn't quite in the right spot for that. I wasn't prepared for it at the time. Yeah. So that was fall of 2013 that I went to nationals the first time during the summer of 2019, I started feeling super fit again. And I was like, I'm going to do it. Like I'm, I'm going to be an all American this fall. And literally that week, like I just (laughs) was feeling kind of off. Something was weird. And I found out I was pregnant. So (laughs) it was like, (laughs) right. It was seriously just so quick after we got married, honeymoon baby. So yeah. um, I was like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to tell my coach? Like, that was like my number one thought. Like I was, I was more scared about telling my coach than anything else really at that point. But I ended up calling him and he was super supportive. And he was like, you know what? Like running is, is awesome, but having a baby, it's going to change your life. And that's, it's even more important. And I was like, think that I expected those words to come out of like my running coaches mouth, you know, he's, he's a dad, he's a a grandpa. And so he, he gets it. So I was really appreciative that he didn't just like write me off and say, wow, I can't believe you're so irresponsible and got pregnant. Like, yeah, he's great. So he's been super supportive the whole time. And I mean, I wouldn't be where I am right now without his support and help along the way, obviously. And then he just told me too, he was like, you know, you're going to come back stronger. If you decide to come back, you're going to come back stronger and faster than you've ever been. And I just told myself that over and over again, because I really did have these goals that I wanted to reach. And I also didn't want having a baby to become an excuse for me because I think I could have easily said, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. You know, like I'm just going to have a baby. And then like my running career is over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You could have. I could have, I mean, it could have been easier that way, but it wouldn't have been as rewarding as it has been, but I just didn't want my child to grow up and have 
me say, yeah, you ruined my running career. I wanted it to be the opposite of I had you. And because I had you, I was stronger and faster and you actually helped me reach my goals. I love and it. <laughs> so it's been quite the journey. I trained through my pregnancy. I was able to run until about 25, 26 weeks. Awesome. Uh, I think that's about six months. So six months pregnant is when I was like, I really that's just couldn't run anymore. It was so excruciating. I strained both of my round ligaments. <laughs> and so that was really painful. And then coming back, I tried going on a run about four weeks postpartum. So the birth went well, everything was great. Baby was healthy. I was fine. I could move. I could walk around like the day of, like I, I felt great walking around, but yeah, man, running was like another story. <laughs> You're like, no, nope. I was like, oh my gosh. Like my body felt so weird. Like I didn't gain a ton of weight while I was pregnant. So I didn't have like a ton of baby weight to lose per se. Uh, it was a lot harder coming back from my mission, trying to lose like that weight. Yes. The baby weight came off like super easily. That wasn't something I really had to worry much about, which it's my first one. So I'm sure the next ones will be harder, but <laughs> I, it was just that my body felt like awkward. And I think part of that is like your ligaments are like loosened from childbirth and your hips aren't quite back together yet. And things are just different. I really, the first round I went on, it was so bad. I like peed my pants the whole time. And I think people need to know this because yeah, no. um, nobody had talked to me about that. Like they didn't tell me, Oh, by the way, you're going to go running and you're not going to be able to run without peeing. Like even 10 seconds, you know, like I could not make it 10 seconds without peeing. I was like, I was just constantly leaking. I'm like, I didn't even have this much water in me. I don't know how this is possible. Yeah. Were you like, <laughs> you when know? that happened, were you like, what the heck's wrong with me? Or like, what's going on? Were you like, just yeah. like <laughs> no, I was kind of freaked out. I thought something was really abnormal and wrong, but then yeah. I talked to my mom, I talked to my sisters and they're like, no, that's normal. You know, you should just probably not run for a little while longer. Mm-hmm. So I, I waited a little bit longer and I went on another run. Same thing happened, but it was like, not quite as bad. And so right around, I'm going to say six to eight weeks. I don't know exactly the timeline. I'd probably have to go back and like look at my journal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's when I started running consistently, but every other day. So I wasn't running every day at that point, but it was every other day. And I did that for, I don't know, a month or two. And then I started running every day. It was seriously just super low key at first. It was like just getting out the door. I was in a ton of pain. I had a lot of pelvic pain and like pubic bone pain coming back, which I still deal with on a weekly basis. It's kind of frustrating, but it's gotten a lot better. And it's something that I can run through. It's like not an injury. It's just that I have some aches and pains there and I know they'll eventually go away. But at this point, they're still just kind of there. (laughs) Yeah. So some days are better or worse than others, which the good days I love and the bad days, it's, it's okay. I go to sleep. I wake up the next morning and usually it's, it's better. So that being said, I couldn't run flat starting out. It was really weird. Like running downhill was the worst, but running flat hurt really bad as well. Okay. Running uphill was fine. Was that like, yeah. yeah. So I started running uphill actually, because running uphill felt the best. And it's like the lowest impact, but I also knew from past experience that if I was running uphill, I was going to get stronger quicker. So I just rolled with it. I was like, Hey, I'm going to run up the hill and then I'm going to walk back down. And so I started doing a lot of hill running and the only time I could go at high intensity because I wanted to get back in shape quick. Cause this is when I thought cross country was still going to be happening in the fall. So, you know, I was still kind of in a hurry to get back into shape. So I would go really hard uphill. (laughs) I just go run up something super steep. And that was the only time I could go at like hundred percent intensity because I, I wasn't yet capable of doing that on um, the road or like anything flat because it just hurt too bad. But I eventually got to the point where I could run flat and downhill and it just improved every week and every month it got a little bit better and easier to do that because of the uphill training runs that I had done I got in shape a lot quicker than I had anticipated okay (laughs) so it was kind of a blessing in disguise that I could only run uphill because of my pelvic pain that I was dealing with 
and hopefully I'm, I'm not going into too much detail. But. No, that's good. Well, this is good because I'm just letting you talk and then I'm like going to come back too on some stuff. But like, I just actually, so yesterday we did a interview on the podcast too. So that probably will be the one that airs before yours. I'm not sure yet, but, and it was with a pelvic health uh, or actually she's not a pelvic health PT, but she's passionate about it. But we talked about pelvic health in general and how it's not talked about enough. And it's not, and like, I think it's, it's good for you just to share your story, to share, like, here you are, like you placed, you know, seventh at nationals. And it's like, you weren't even aware of all these, not that you should, or that entitles you or whatever, but it's just like how much that information isn't out there, you know? And like, maybe this will even be educational for you too, but there's, I mean, there's pelvic health, physical therapists, how that's specifically what they do. And like, I know people that specifically work with runners, um, with that stuff, but it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, we're not educated for the most part. Like, it's just not part of our health model right now. And in the U S like, I mean, there's a lot and my public health friends will know better, you know, their specialty and stuff, but like, we're not compared to other countries when it comes to pregnancy and stuff, like we're way low on like how we're taking care of our moms and like the education that's out there. Like, cause you, you didn't know this is not normal and we're putting people back to running sooner. Like the whole, even six weeks is usually, I mean, that's our standard, but it's like really usually not enough time for yeah. enough to run. And people don't know that. Cause that's just what the information that's out there. And then you know, doctors, you know, it's just like, okay, like go back to running at six weeks versus there's actually people out there that can work with you and will guide you through all that, get you back stronger. So you're not leaking. Um, and like, I don't know where you're at too, but with your, your, your pain that you're having right now, like we could talk about this off the show, but like, I would probably recommend like, this is for someone else that's maybe, you know, listening to, if you don't mind, like, it's like, I'd probably go see, like find a public health PT, find one that specializes in, in runners in general, and you know, not have to just wait for it to get better. Like it probably is something that you can improve that you just don't know because we're not taught that <laughs> no I actually I totally agree with that because so I actually ran into this one lady that I was working with when I was working at runner's corner the rent store and she told me she said it's a part of the health model in Europe that they have a baby yes. they go to pelvic floor PT and it's yes. just normal there and yep. here it's like it's not normal. So I actually just barely gosh it's been like two weeks I got a script written to go see Ooh. pelvic because I was like, okay, I'm over a year postpartum and I'm still having issues. I need yeah. to figure it out. The leaking isn't so much an issue anymore. I actually did go to a different specialist that helps women and he does like muscle activation. And so that helped a lot. And that's what helped me to, he actually adjusted my pubic bone as well. There's like a joint just above it. And so he adjusted it, which helped a ton and then did some muscle activation. So that can help as well. But I have heard that the pelvic floor PT is really good and I'm embarrassed that I haven't been yet, but I actually think that when I have a second baby, that's like the first thing I'm going to go do. Not even go beforehand, like something you can do beforehand too, to like make sure you're prepared and ready, you know, for pregnancy or I guess during pregnancy and like all that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like so that you can take those steps and strengthen those muscles, like while you're pregnant. So that when you come back, it's a little bit easier. Cause I've had friends that have come back from running like way easier than I did in the sense that they just didn't have pain there anyways. Yeah. It's, it's a really good point that you bring up. Yeah, no, but thanks for sharing that. Cause I, I mean, it's good. I think just here. And also if any physical therapist, cause I have physical therapists that, you know, follow me and stuff like hear this, it's just like, this is what's common. Like you literally just shared your journey and that's what is usually common for most people. And like, even you're like, Oh, like I'm a year post, like I should have this taken care of, but no, not necessarily. You didn't know, you know, like the health yeah. system set you up to know about this. And but granted, you still were able to run an awesome race and get in really good shape. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, no, thanks for being vulnerable on that. And I do want to go back to some other points too. Do you want to finish the story first and then go back or should we go back? Um, sure. Yeah. I can just finish really quickly. Okay. And then we'll Crap. make sure in case your baby was up and <laughs> okay. wait, miles, right? Yes. His name's Miles. Okay. Put two and two together. Miles, is that because of running or not? Actually, no. Um, I guess it definitely goes along with that. And we realized that after the fact, but we just thought that (laughs) the name was really cute and we liked it and fit him, but that wasn't like the original plan to name him Miles. Like we were going to name him something else. We had like five names picked out if it was a boy and five, if it was a girl. And then he was a boy and we didn't like any of the five names when he came out. And for some reason, like none of them like really stuck. 
Yeah. And then we just decided on miles and then we're like, oh yeah, and that kind of, it's like a running name too. I guess that could totally yeah. work. So I love it. Not running related, but also kind of running related. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, so I got into really good shape, just doing some of those like uphill runs. And then I moved back up to Ogden in the fall. Cause we had moved down to Orem during COVID because it was just, there's a lot that happened. Our house is really old and we had this huge earthquake happen and it shook oh, our house really bad. And I thought if there was an, af- uh, an aftershock that our house would come crumbling down on top oh, of us. And so I was like, let's just like pack our bags for two weeks. We'll just go down to Orem. And then we yep. ended up staying there for like five months. So <laughs> and this all happened literally right after like COVID hit the earthquake, everything hit like two weeks after my baby was born. So it was, it was nuts. So we, we were down in Orem. We moved back up to Ogden. I started working out with the team again. And my first workout back, I was able to run with our top girl on the team that is in phenomenal shape. I was like kind of shocked that I was able to sit with her. Yeah. I was like, okay, something is different. Like, and part (laughs) of it too, I think was my mindset because I had kind of had a mindset shift while I was pregnant and coming back that, you know what, like this is for reals. I'm, I'm more committed than I've ever been. I'm, I had like a nice mental break a nice physical break from running, which sometimes is necessary. And although I had trained through my pregnancy, like on the elliptical and hiking and whatnot, I was able to come back and start training with the top girls on our team, which was awesome. Then it just progressed from there. And we had, we didn't really have any races in the fall because of COVID, but we did have a few time trials that my coach did. And I PR'd in the mile, which I never thought I would PR in the mile again, because my fastest time was from my senior year of high school. And I got to college and we upped my, um, like my race distance was now more specific for like 5k, 6k. Yeah. And so I just didn't think I had that much leg speed, but I PR'd in the mile and I, I was just more confident too. I felt more empowered. I think part of that comes with like giving birth, having a baby. And I think I was stronger as well. And then I PR'd in the three K by a lot. And then we had a cross country race and I did pretty well in the cross country race. And it was just a little one, but like my time was good. It wasn't like competitive at all, but I ran a decent time. And then, um, we got into 2021 and that's when like all of these races started happening. Yeah. And so leading up to nationals, I didn't really do anything super different. I was just working out. We work out twice a week. We do a little bit of lifting and we usually do a long run on the weekends mm-hmm. and I just was consistent with those things. I was consistent with my doubles, although I, I don't run my doubles because of my pelvic pain. It makes it a lot worse if I run twice a day. So I just cross train all of my doubles. I just bike them. And I think the biggest shift honestly was just up here because yeah, just my mindset, because I really believed going in that I was capable of of being an all-American. So I kind of had three goals. My goal that I wanted was to be all-American, which is top 40. And there's, there were 257 people in my race, I believe. So it's like just shy of 300 people. Yeah. Um, and they're all, I mean, everybody that goes to nationals is good, you know? So (laughs) it's just getting, you know? (laughs) Oh yeah. Like, and I knew from my freshman year that like being top 40 was not just going to be like a walk in the park, Right. that it was going to be difficult to reach that. But I knew that I was in good shape. And so I was like, okay, my, I, what I really want is to be top 20. Mm -hmm. Um, then I thought about it a little bit harder and I thought, you know, what I really want is to be first team all American, which is top 15 and maybe to get the family record because my husband, (laughs) while I was pregnant, he took 14th at nationals in cross country. Okay. And so I was like, well, maybe I could even not that I'm like trying to beat my husband, yeah, but. <laughs> but my family record, it'd be awesome. So ultimately I would be super happy if I was all American, but it ended up just being like a great day. And it was super awesome going into the race because the course was really hilly. So <laughs> where was it? Where was it at? It, that's the weird thing. It was in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and okay. it's so flat there. Like it's pretty 
like everything is kind of just like mild up or downhill or just flat but somehow the cross-country course is like insanely hilly I have never seen a cross-country course that hilly besides like the Footlocker West regionals yeah yeah, Oklahoma to be that was a weird thing but I was like okay this is actually good for me because we have a lot of hills in Ogden where I go to school here at Weber and we run the hills and I know that I'm I'm good at hills because I do them and I intentionally throw more hills into my training routine so that I can get that extra strength from them. Yeah. So seeing that the course was hilly, I knew it would be an added advantage for me. Then it was also a 6K, which I tend to do better in 6K over even 5K. I know it's only a thousand meters longer, but I was excited for that. So like going in, I was confident. And then my coach told me something that helped to build my confidence even more. He, he told me, he's like, you can run a really fast 5k on the track. Like I know you could run this right now. So why not just go out there and run with those lead girls? Like you can go out with the leaders and just run with them. And (laughs) I was so nervous for the start because those national races just start out like so fast, but Mm -hmm. I, I was like, okay, I just need to be confident. And I, I always pray before my races too, because when I pray, I feel like I have extra strength while I'm running. It's like, I'm not doing it alone suddenly that I have extra help and that, you know, if God's going to help me, then I'm going to do better than if he's not there to help me. So I went into the race, just feeling more confident and even kind of calm because I knew I was going to have extra help and the race started and it started off fast, but I was like able to hang with that lead group. And I just kind of tucked in there. We hit the 1k in, I think it was 306, um, 305, which is really quick. Yes. Then we hit the mile. I think the mile was like just under five minute pace. Like it was on but the whole, well, that's the the first mile is pretty downhill. Actually, there's like a slight uphill and then it's like downhill until about the mile mark and then it starts climbing that's when you hit the hill so like mile two was like it was way way slower um so that first set of hills I just kind of rolled through them and didn't push it too hard because I knew I'd need some left for the second loop around and the race was essentially just two loops okay and on the second loop we came around and girls just started like dropping off because they they were I don't know, lactic acid buildup, the hills were starting to catch up to them. And it just felt really strong on those hills. And going up into the finish, there's this one big hill, the one last big hill, and there was a thousand meters to go. And I was in 17th place. And I prayed for just a little extra help (laughs) of that last hill. And I kid you not, I just... I felt like I could just surge up the hill. And my coach said after the race, he's like, you should have seen yourself. Like you were just flying past girls on that hill. And I just felt so strong. And it was just one of the coolest feelings, like running uphill and just like, you know, feeling strong going uphill towards the end of a race. (laughs) Yes, it was awesome. And I turned the corner and there's a slight downhill 200 meter finish. And so I just kicked it as hard as I could. And I ended up, I didn't even know what place I was in at that point. I just knew that I was within range of my, my top goal, which was to get the family record and be um, top first team all American, which is top 15. And so I crossed the finish line and heard that I was seven and I just started crying. Like it was one of the most amazing things. Cause I just felt like it was just amazing. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, like all of those months of hard work and all of the setbacks and challenges leading up to that. It was just this amazing feeling like washed over me and feeling like at the same time, like God's love, like he was he had helped me get there and that he knew what was best for me, even if it was going to take me eight years almost to get to that (laughs) point. (laughs) Yeah, it was just awesome. So that was my nationals race. And I guess I said I would wrap it up really quick, but I can be long-winded sometimes. No, this is great. This is good. No, I like it. It's awesome. I love love to hear like your race and it sounds like you're very much in the zone. You were very much guided throughout the race. Like it just got this overall sense that you just felt like really strong and powerful and like confident through that whole race and like it didn't seem like I'm sure you struggled but it, like I mean I'm sure it felt hard but it just seemed like you were yeah you were no, meant it was, to do that yeah no I seriously felt like it was easier than a lot of races I've run somehow like I did feel yeah. calmer than average I felt like more in control than average and I felt like 
I could just tackle the hills when they came. And I definitely gave it my all, but like, it was not like, I wouldn't say it was the most painful race I've ever run. Like I've had, I've had more painful races for that. And since then, so (laughs) (laughs) are you in track season right now then? Yeah, we're in you had no, no time to celebrate that. You just got to get right. <laughs> yeah, we just jumped right in. <laughs> Crazy. No, I mean, that's what I sensed from you telling that. It just sounded like it was just that race where it's just like, it just feels good and you're, you're in the zone, you're being guided. Like it was just, a, yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, to get down and just be like, like just a, you know, a testament to like how truly like most, you know, big accomplishments. It's not just like you, I mean, sometimes it happens, you go and do it. It's like, you had to go come over like so much to get there. Right. Like it's, you know, and just, I can imagine just feeling like, yeah, that feeling you had when you finished and making all those times worth it. Not that they weren't worth it. If you didn't have that place still. It was definitely like surreal to be like, oh my gosh, like this goal I've had for years, I was finally able to reach this goal. And it was like, did I really do that? And I know I couldn't have done it with everybody that's supported me and helped me along the way, but it was like, just, it was amazing. That's awesome. It's like the coolest <laughs> It's so cool. I'm sure you're still like, yeah, it's still basking it. That's, it's awesome. You, you'll be able to tell that story for forever. <laughs> Long time. <laughs> did your parents run it? Was there nationals? Like, did they run in college? My mom did. My dad actually didn't start running until he was 30. Okay. So okay. he definitely did not run in college. He started running because his dad died of uh, heart disease, okay. I believe. And he just didn't want to end up like that. And at the time, my dad was more of a bodybuilder. He weighed 240. And yeah. He's not very tall. So that's like quite a bit. Um, it was pretty much solid muscle, but he could barely run like to the stop sign at the end of his street and back. He couldn't run around the block. Um, he got to the point where he could run around the block and then he somehow became a marathoner. So, and then a coach. And so my dad yeah. definitely, I feel like he was guided to running because he started running when he was 30. My mom started running when she was 14 and they're okay. 16 years apart. So I started okay. the time. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of funny because then he ended up becoming an assistant coach where my mom was running and gotcha. met her the first time he ran into her running opposite ways on the track. So, um, <laughs> and my mom, she did run in college, but she got pregnant and kicked off the team. So I'm glad oh. I didn't have that same experience. Well, maybe that, that's where your fear came from, I bet, I'm sure. Oh, totally. I'm like, my coach, because, yeah, but yeah. luckily I, I had a different coach. And I think that coach that my mom had eventually got to the point where he would have said the same thing. Like, yeah, it's just um, back, back, he was a really, Yeah, he was a really good guy. But it was just, I mean, he was his first year coaching. My mom, her group was like the guinea pigs. And yeah. I think that having a baby at the time, like being pregnant and having a baby, it was like, yeah, we're not going to keep you on scholarship because there was more of a stigma of you have a baby, you can't run after. And you are a housewife because that was just kind of what things were like back then. And anyways, my mom continued her running career, but just not collegiately. But thanks so much for being so like open on everything. Like I really appreciate that journey you being fully like just sharing all of it. Um, and even going back to your like original injuries and gaining that weight and being open on that, like all of that, I think that's super helpful. Do you have anything more to like add on your injury side of things? Just, you know, we have a lot of injured runners um, as far as did you end up going to physical therapy? Was it more like just what kind of things did you end up doing that helped the most? And of course the hip thing seemed very much like a faith guided thing and like power of prayer, anything else from the injury side of things? Yeah, definitely. So actually with all of my injuries, I've been to PT for, and PT has helped significantly. I think like when it goes back to like the whole faith-based thing, like God expects us to do everything on our part we can. And part of that was me going to PT and working through that with physical therapists that were helping me. And I got needled. I did a lot of strengthening exercises. I still do hip exercises. I need to do a little bit better at those. It's easy (laughs) to kind of fall off the wagon when you're feeling good. Anyways, injuries. I think that we kind of talked about like having like losing a little bit of your identity when you do get injured. And I think that my first injury back from my mission, my first one before my mission, I was like, it it was really, really tough. Like it was really hard on me because running was like basically my biggest identity. It was not my only identity, but definitely my biggest identity. And so that was tough for me, but coming back, 
from my mission, I realized like, okay, you know, whatever the doctors tell me today, like if my foot's actually broken and if I have to be on crutches or in a boot or whatever, like I'm going to choose to be happy. Here's the thing. So you can be injured and be miserable on top of an injury, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or you can realize that, Hey, like let's focus on not what I can't do, but what can I do? And to take the proactive approach. And I actually, we had like a little team meeting on this last week about like being proactive when you are injured or when you can't do exactly what you want to. And so I have a few teammates that are really good examples of this. And so it's like, okay, well I can still, you know, I can still lift weights or I can still elliptical or I can still bike or I can still swim. And you really can just do so much still when you're injured. And it just depends on what the injury is. But every time, like there's something that you can do. And um, and so I think just being proactive and shifting your focus to what you can do rather than focusing on what you can't do and being completely miserable, that's the way to go about any injury or setback in yep. life, I think. And yeah, I don't think anybody likes or enjoys those setbacks, but they definitely make us stronger. And yeah. I don't think anybody can disagree with that because you come back with more drive and yeah. more appreciation for your ability to run because you couldn't run for a few months. And so right. it's like, you don't take that gift for granted as much because all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, I can run. Like, I'm so grateful I can run. Whereas yeah. so many people go out, if they haven't been injured much, they go out and they're like, man, I just really don't want to run today. You know, like <laughs> yeah. kind of this attitude of like, uh, like running, like but it's such a gift, like to have all of your muscles, like you have, right. you can break yeah. your toe and you, you don't run for months with a broken yeah. toe, from one, thing. one toe, but it's like to have your entire body work simultaneously together. It's like just this huge miracle to me. And I feel like I've gained such an appreciation for that. And so I guess that's another thing, shifting focus when you're injured to gratitude and just to being proactive. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Yeah, no, I totally can relate to that recently. For me too, it was just like, okay, what I'm saying, like, okay, yeah, like I'm grateful. Like this is the lesson I'm learning from it. But then also like, what are my thoughts? Like sometimes I still like have those negative thoughts and I have to check myself. I'm like, okay, Kristen, you're still having those negative thoughts about being injured or about whatever, you know? I'm like truly feeling it too. Not just like thinking it, but like feeling the, like the fact that whatever you're going through is actually going to make you stronger. And clearly all your, your obstacles per se only made you stronger, right? (laughs) Having a kid going. Yeah. It's everybody has negative thoughts. And, and that's another point where you get to choose, like, am I going to let these negative thoughts stay? Or am I going to choose to replace them with something that's positive and productive and proactive? So I like these P words because (laughs) (laughs) usually the P words are good. And Um, usually the D words are like discouragement and depressed, like you get depressed or discouraged or, um, you have self doubt, you know? And so I, I feel like if we can overcome those things with your being proactive with your thought processes, then you can really overcome anything. Um, but yeah, those negative thoughts, they, they come in, even when you're healthy, they come all the time. And sometimes they're just more persistent when you are injured, but you can totally choose to overcome them. Yeah. And that is what makes somebody that comes back and comes back stronger. I like it. I like it. Positive, (laughs) positive, proactive. Was that part of your guys' talk or? or? (laughs) We've talked about, I, yeah, we kind of have these like weekly team meetings and me and a couple of the other seniors had them up. And one of the times I just told the girls like, okay, like keep the P's and like drop the D's basically yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, like replace the D's with the P's. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just came to you, you like put it together. You're like, wow, all these are D's and these are P's. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of, I kind of like will write notes sometimes going into like our team meetings and cause like part of the reason I think running is rewarding and fun for me too, is like seeing my teammates succeed and being able to help them to get better as well. And feeling like maybe I took a little part in that, even though like, I'm not their coach, like I'm not, I'm not doing the work for them, but if I can help in like some small way, then I'm going to try. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. No, that's helpful. Anything else to comment on, on like your changed mindset? Like you said, like your mindset really, you know, changed going into really your last 
season after giving birth and everything. Anything else that would be applicable that someone could use to help change their mindset or I mean, it's more experience. Is there anything that you could? Um, yeah, I mean, I think a couple things actually I'll try to be quick with this, but with mindset, I think a lot of times we sell ourselves short because we limit ourselves with our limiting beliefs. And I, I mean, I still do this, but to less of a degree, I think than I did before, because my 5k PR before having miles was a 1708 on the track. Okay. So I had actually run a little bit quicker than that in a cross country 5k, but it had, I just had never been able to run faster on the track for some reason. Yeah. And part of that is because I also do the 3k steeplechase and usually the 5k's after. And if I'm doing the 5k, yeah. I'm doubling, but I have had a couple chances to run just the 5k in indoor or just the 5k in outdoor. And I just was not able to run quicker than a 1708. So I told my husband like, Hey, I just want to run like under 17 minutes. Like that's my goal. And he's like, Oh, why don't you try to go under 16? And (laughs) I kind of thought under 16 minutes for the 5k, like that's way too fast. Like that's unrealistic. And he's like, no, it's not like you just need to like set higher goals for yourself. And he's really good at mentally like challenging himself and also yeah. help me. And so I think it's good to like get somebody's outside perspective sometimes to help you see like what you might be capable of doing. Because just two weeks ago, I ran a 1559 in the 5k and it was <laughs> like, it was awesome. awesome. And, but the thing is, I really believed I could do it because yeah. I had this shift like, okay, well, if my husband thinks I can do it. And then I talked to my coach and told him what I wanted to do. And he was like, yeah, I think you can do that too. And you're never going to go after a goal. You don't believe you can hit because goals, I think hitting some smaller goals on the way to a bigger goal helps to build confidence. But Mm -hmm. if you don't ever set goals that kind of scare you, then you're never going to be excited enough to work hard to get to those goals and the bigger the goal, the bigger, the excitement and just joy and elation when you actually (laughs) are able to conquer it and accomplish the goal. So I think set big goals to scare you, um, and get an outside perspective and just, you know, post your goal time somewhere. I actually have in my bathroom, just right here, it like one of my goals and I did that before nationals too. I put top 20 all American in cross country. And so I'd see it every day. And I tell myself like, I'm an all American before I ever was like, I tell myself I'm an all American or I can run a 1559 in the 5k. And I told all my coworkers like a month before that I was going to run a 1559. And then to actually run a 1559 was like, just another one of those cool moments, but like, I feel like I can run faster now. It's like, I'm going to set even higher goals and, and go after them. And I think a lot of that comes with experience, building your confidence, and then just really believing that you can do something. And you really just have to set goals that are bigger than you think you can accomplish sometimes. And then you tell yourself that you can run that or post that somewhere, like put it on your wall so that you see it frequently. And then your mind starts to believe it too, even if you don't believe it at first. And then you can accomplish things that you never thought would happen. And so, no, I like that. I think that's super helpful. And I like the, you know, just putting it out there and like, I don't know if you saw the recent, wasn't there a post that Des Lindum put out about her? (laughs) Yes. I actually, I saw that and she just broke the 50 K record, but like, that was amazing too. That was like super inspiring because she she was super vulnerable by posting that she wanted to, like, she was hyping it up and she got a little bit of crap for it. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, That's the part I liked. Like she got the crap. No, this is what, this is actually what it's about. Like actually going after big goals, like putting it out there. the thing that I liked that she said was like, I'm going to tell you my goals because I want you to share in my success if I do reach this. And if I don't, then I want you to share in the heartbreak as well. And, yes. and that's the thing is like, maybe you don't quite reach your goal, but the, there's a quote that says like the credit goes to the man in the arena, the one that's actually out there doing it. So like there can be critics and people like criticizing what you're doing or criticizing your goal, but If they're just the ones criticizing and they're the ones in the stands, like pointing their fingers or whatever, you're the one that's out there trying to accomplish the goal. So like you get credit, whether you accomplish it or not, if you fail, 
then you failed trying and you didn't fail because you actually, you were out there doing something. You were being proactive. You were going for your goal and maybe you don't reach it, but you do something incredible anyways. So, yeah. I love that. So good. So much good information. <laughs> I really appreciate it. It's awesome. And are how old are you now? 26? Maybe? No? Almost. I'm 25. Almost 25? Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. to give people perspective too. Like, I mean, I still think you're like 18, right? It's like it's weird. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure I was like... Gosh, I was like 16 or 17, 16, I think, probably. when you were working at the store. But yeah. I, anyways, it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were a sophomore and then into uh, into your junior year. I think those were like, yeah, the years. <laughs> yeah, so about right. Yeah, 16. <laughs> awesome. So, well, I feel like I could ask you so much more, but I feel also like, you know, in case Miles wakes up or is there anything else you would really like to hit on or anything you'd like to go back on or, you know, I know there was, we went over the injuries, I guess, anything else to say on your mission and then also um, coming back and getting into the intuitive eating part of it. Oh, I highly recommend intuitive eating. And I also, gosh, I mean, I think nutrition is also a huge part of like just being healthy in general and having a healthy relationship with food. Like I used to think about food all the time and it was like, it was just kind of exhausting too, because I was like worried about like my weight and like all of this stuff. And when I was finally able to like, let that go, which my husband actually helped me with a lot too. And also just, I think being kind to yourself, like I had to really learn to be kind to myself. And I think that goes back to reaching your goals too. Like if you are kind to yourself and you can learn to love yourself, then you are going to be able to reach your goals more easily. And then there's setting goals, reaching goals, but like the overarching part is like, you need to be able to appreciate your ability and to work hard and just be consistent. And I think a lot of like the intuitive eating stuff just goes back to self-love and just kind of letting go a little bit. Like I needed to stop being a control freak. And I think just kind of giving some of that to God too, like he can help, like you can let go and just give that over to him because like, he knows we have struggles and he wants us to be successful. That's what I personally believe. And he's helped me through a lot of my personal struggles to get to where I am today. So like, there's no way I would have been able to talk about this, like even three, four years ago, because I was still struggling with like some of that self-love and being kind to myself and seeing myself the way that God sees me, which I think we all struggle with still at times. Like I am not like, I still have so many struggles. It's not even funny, but, and I know that he's helped me along the way. And I have such a good support group. My family's been so helpful. My coaches have been so helpful. Uh, the specialists that helped me after I gave birth and everything. And I mean, just, I feel like the whole process, you just keep learning and so I, I don't know, I'm kind of just rambling at this point, but no, you're good. <laughs> I'm just grateful. Uh, overall just grateful for everything I've learned along the way and I know it's gonna I'm gonna continue to learn things and I'll probably have more challenges and things because those always come and yeah. just make the best of them so yeah and then you'll have further insight even even further exactly <laughs> well I'm super that is, thank you so much for sharing it's super helpful and I think my listeners will really enjoy hearing this story and so much wisdom I feel like I always think like I don't know that I'd want to hear this when I was this age but it's like but you're only 26 and it really is like it's not everyone has all that you know wisdom when you're that age so that's awesome um, oh thank you and- I <laughs> I still feel like I'm learning a lot, but usually at the end of my show, I do ask like, Hey, what was your breaking five moment? I think you shared your breaking five moment. Like basically like I say breaking five moment. Cause like my big goal is like, could I break five minutes in the mile for you? I think you shared in your national race, I would guess what, I mean, we won't make you share again. Cause unless you do, if you do have a different breaking five moment, you would like to share, or would you say that national race is probably it? I'd say the national race and then doing that 1559 5k oh yes right after it's so like breaking 16 yeah yeah break, <laughs> yeah yeah and like going from like 1708 to that no it's so awesome and do you have any like usually I give at the end to um anywhere where our listeners can find you at do you, I don't even know if you have your your if you want people following or if it is public or anything you want to promote anything like that um yeah I mean I'm on Instagram that's probably where I am mostly just under Gosh, I don't even know what my Instagram username is. I'm like, I get on every once in a while and I'll like scroll through for two to three minutes and then I'm like, I get bored too quick or something. That's good. Um, 
so I I think it's just Summer Harper Allen is what my Instagram is. Yeah, but, it is. I just looked um, it up. <laughs> I'm not like, yeah, I don't think you can find me really anywhere else. I'm like on Facebook, but I just don't really get on regularly. So, but yeah, find me on this podcast with Kristen. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this will be your, this will be your uh, Well, I, th- I thank you so much. It was a really awesome, super inspiring story. And I can't wait for it to go live and for everyone to get to listen to it. Anyways, Please. anything else you'd like to say? Otherwise, I'll just, I'll wrap it up and be good. Oh, that's it. Thanks so much, Kristen. Awesome. Thank you, Summer. Uh, We will catch you guys on the next episode of Breaking Five. Bye, guys. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. We hope you are running away with some inspiration, tips, and actionable items that you can put towards your Breaking Five moment. Lastly, if you know anyone else with a Breaking Five moment, that doesn't have to actually mean literally Breaking Five, just a breaking five moment in general, in running, in life, or anyone else who has great knowledge and background in helping others reach their breaking five moment, I would love for you to put me in contact with them. We would love to have them on the show. So if you could and let them know, if you know of someone else, tell them to reach out to me at my Instagram, and that is at Kristen underscore run your life. Again, that's at Kristen underscore run your life. And could you do me a favor? And if you enjoyed today's episode and can think of anyone else who could benefit from listening to it, could you go ahead and share this out on your social media or share this directly with them? That would mean the world to me, seriously. And make sure if you have not already, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so that you get our weekly updates as we drop the next episodes. Thank you, everyone. We seriously appreciate you tuning in today. We'll see you next time. And until then, go run your life.